0: A work of fiction, all characters and events are the product of the author's imagination, and any similarities with anything in the real world are purely coincidental. It contains strong horror and supernatural themes, descriptions of violence, drug use and other adult themes. It is intended for listening by mature audiences, experience. Written, produced and performed by Jasper St. Auburn West. -West. Chapter 1. Bird's Eye View. The news had reported on the Meteor Cluster, weeks before it was due to cross Earth's orbit. But the officials all assured us that there was nothing to worry about. The size of the objects are far too small to make it through our atmosphere. They'll burn up on entry, they all said. At best, we might be treated to a bit of a light show, if we're lucky. They were wrong. With the speed of the news cycle these days, though, and the constant stream of social media bullshit distracting the masses, by the time we were hit, most of the world had either forgotten about or just planned ignored the handful of stories about a, a bunch of space rocks due to fly past us. It's so easy to dismiss these things that aren't directly slapping us in the face until they are i was at work that afternoon an office temp job set up by a recruiter agency sorting internal mail for a corporate office up on the 14th floor of a ship building on pulteney street in the city it was the only job i could get since our shop went under i'd been there for three weeks and was already bored beyond belief The only good thing about it was the swipe card they gave me allowed access to the building's rooftop terrace. I'd go up there on my breaks. Someone else who worked in the building had left an old office chair and an instant coffee tin as an ashtray set up in the shade uh, behind one of the big air conditioning units on the west side of the building. It looked out across the city and all the way to the ocean in the distance. I don't smoke anymore, not since we had the kids, but I still like the ritual of going outside on a break. I never crossed paths with the mystery smoker, but I made sure to keep the space clean and I even emptied the tin a couple of times when it was filling up as a sign of respect. The view over the city was amazing. I loved it up there. It wasn't forecast, but there was clearly a storm brewing that day. I could see the dark clouds curling over the hills towards us and the air had that electric feeling you get before a good downpour. I finished the last couple of bites of my apple and headed back inside. I'd ridden my bike in that morning and wanted to get out early if I could, try and beat the traffic so I could get home before the rain hit. I rushed through sorting the fresh pile of envelopes on my table and then did the classic, Ah boss, I'm really sorry but I think I've got a migraine coming on. My vision's all blurry. I think I need to head home and, and try and sleep it off if that's okay. My supervisor was a nice woman. We'd quickly developed a good rapport once she saw that I was a better worker than most of the dropouts she'd been lumped with recently. Yeah, okay, Tom. I think we're ahead today anyway. Ride safe. Thanks, Gina. See ya. Works like a charm. I grabbed my bike off the rack in the basement and rode out into the cold afternoon air and freedom. The sky was already darkening as I headed down Pulteney towards the CBD and then hooked a left onto Grenfell Street headed west. I didn't have a big ride to get home, just a couple of k's down Henley Beach Road, usually wouldn't take more than 15-20 minutes max to make the journey, but people seem to go crazy around here when it rains, and the streets were pretty hectic. I weaved my way to the front of the pack as the rest of the traffic stopped at a light, catching a glimpse of more than one depressed looking commuter locked in the lumbering city buses. I felt like a crow gliding past caged parrots lined up on the balconies of an apartment building they could definitely see what they were missing out on. Keeping an eye on the traffic lights, I leant hard into my lead pedal, gripping the brakes, ready to launch as soon as I saw green. There was a fraction of a second before the first impact, where it sounded like the air above me was splitting apart on a molecular level. Then something slammed into the busy pedestrian crossing in front of me, eviscerating people and asphalt like a bolt of lightning hitting a bucket of kittens. cracked in two as the back of my head bounced off the bus behind me. I vaguely recall my face hitting the road, then black. When I came to, the bus was above me. It had driven forward over my bike and was slowly crushing the side of a taxi that had become wedged under its front end, grinding forward like a rhino scratching itself on the side of a safari jeep as the bus's engine throbbed. I could see someone's arm twisting unnaturally between the two vehicles. I don't remember hearing anything at first. It was almost as if I was watching a film with the sound turned down. But I'll never forget the smell. It hit me like a fist in the face. A burning, acrid stench that instantly triggered my gag reflex. Then the pain hit me. My body involuntarily curled up like a squid on a hot plate as I clawed at the fragments of plastic and styrofoam still wrapped around my head, running my fingers over my scalp to feel for damage. There were lumps where they shouldn't be, and my hand came back bloody, but it didn't seem too bad. Another impact shook the ground. It must have been close because I could hear screaming from the passengers on the bus above me. The force either took out the bus windows or a passenger had smashed the emergency exit as a shower of glass shards fell across the road to my right. My senses and basic survival instincts came back in that moment. The bus above me had shifted the taxi enough to lurch forward another few feet. I had to get the fuck out of there. I rolled to my left away from the glass and out from under the bus, and when I stood up, I got my first real glimpse of the carnage. Whatever it was that had hit us had cracked a hole through the road like it was soft as dry sand. There were 10 or 15 pedestrians scattered across the street, some sitting stunned or cradling wounded limbs, but they were the lucky ones. The other impact I heard must have hit the facade of the building to our right. The entrance to the food court was destroyed, and stunned shoppers were slowly emerging from the gaping wound in the side of the building. A girl pushed past me and ran to help an elderly woman trying to get to her feet at the edge of the intersection. I took a half step forward to join her, when I heard the hissing sound. High pitched like a boiling kettle, but loud. So loud that everyone tried to cover their ears. The road around the impact crater started to crack and bulge. jets of some kind of dark gas began spraying into the air i instinctively covered my mouth and nose with my hand and stumbled backwards as the gas plumed upwards and then cascaded back down to the ground billowing outward like a midnight fog as it enveloped the dead and wounded their bodies started convulsing violently the living began coughing vomiting and clawing at their own faces or holding their chests and the dead began to swell up like balloons their cheeks and torsos bulging out like the waterlogged corpses you'd see pulled out of rivers on those cop shows on TV. I turned, and I ran. It was fear and pure adrenaline that got me through the maze of vehicles and panicked commuters. I was about 20 metres away from my work building when the pain in my head and lungs took over. Dizzy, I fell against a coffee shop window and threw up. A barista inside stared at me through the glass. She pointed and began shrieking hysterically. I tried to sign that I was okay, she was okay, but quickly realised she wasn't pointing at me. I spun round just in time to deflect the lumbering attack of a heavyset man in a blue suit. His hands and face were covered in some kind of black mucus and blood. It smeared along the window as the man slid past me and into the shop. He slammed the poor girl backwards into the coffee machine with the full force of his weight and fell on top of her clawing at her face and neck, coughing and spitting black phlegm into the fresh wounds. One, two, three massive explosions hit in short succession. Several stories of a building a few blocks down toppled over and slammed into the street, blasting out a dust and debris cloud so thick I could only see a few feet in front of me. I lost count of the explosions after that. I fumbled my way through the thick dust and smoke towards the basement entrance of my work building. There were fleeting gaps where the visibility opened up in pockets, revealing chaotic vignettes. Vehicles smashed, wounded, terrified people frozen in shock the fuck? What the fuck was happening? I felt my way along the steep ramp down to the basement parking garage. The air cleared as I went deeper inside, the fluorescent lights flickering on and off as the ground shook with more and more impacts outside. When I reached the door to the stairwell there was a young Indian mother with her son in one of those lightweight strollers and an older woman I guess the grandmother crouched in front of it when she saw me the young woman pulled the stroller back up against the door and moved her body between me and the others protectively the boy started to whimper I held my hands up in a non-threatening gesture and shook my head it's okay I said it's okay I, I work here her shoulders relaxed for a moment and then the ground shook hard I dug through my pockets looking for my swipe card I was "Like fuck, I still had it. Let me past it. The stairwell will be safer, I, I think. that There's fire doors, I said. The woman just looked at me and shifted her eyes back up towards the ramp. The slap of multiple feet running at pace echoed through the basement. As the lights flickered on and off, I caught sight of them. A pack of five or six people blindly running down the ramp towards us, their bodies contorting and limbs flailing as they ran. At least one of them was coughing, a barking, whooping cough that sounded like the flesh of their lungs was disintegrating with each breath. Move, I yelled, pointing at the swipe card in my hand. Luckily, the power to the security system was still live. The door beeped and the lock sprung open. we just pulled the front wheels of the stroller through the gap and slammed the heavy door shut as the first of them crashed against it with bone-shattering force. The others sat huddled on the stairs trying to keep the poor kid calm. The guttural coughing, scraping and slams against the door slowed and then stopped. There were muffled sounds from the chaos in the street outside, but it felt eerily quiet. After a few moments, I, I slowly reached up and jiggled the door handle. Instantly, there were slams of bodies against the other side and sickening hacking and grunting sounds that seemed impossible to be coming from a human being. I scrambled backwards to the stairs with the others. The rubber seal between the door and the floor was aged and curled inward. A slim tendril of dark gas slithered through the tiny gap and curled upward slowly in the vacuum of the stairwell. Fuck. I gestured with my hands to the others. Cover your mouths, now! The young mother reached for her child. The older woman covered her face with a scarf. We couldn't stay here. I was scared, but the look on the kid's face tore my fucking heart out. I saw my own son and daughter looking back at me with that mix of confusion and terror. Quietly, I lifted up the boy still strapped in his stroller and gestured for the others to follow me up the stairs. The swipe card worked again, but something was blocking the door from the outside. Fueled by some primal desperation, I drove my shoulder into the door with everything I had in me. There was a crunch and a scrape as it opened. Someone had jammed the old office chair against the handle. We weren't alone up here. I walked out first, the others stayed out of sight in the stairwell. The sky was much darker now, but the air up here was clear. A strange orange glow lit the buildings around us from the street below. I grabbed the chair in both hands, holding it up in front of me like a shield as I slowly walked out onto the rooftop. The sounds from the ground were faint, but horrifying. Then I heard a familiar voice. Tom? Is that you? A woman cautiously stepped out from behind the big air conditioning unit. It was my supervisor. Didn't make it home, hey? She mumbled as she stepped back out of sight. The others came out of the stairwell and although I knew it wouldn't hold, I closed the door and jammed the chair against the handle anyway. I went and stood next to Gina who was looking out over the city. She nervously chewed her fingernails in between drags on a cigarette. It looked like a war zone out there. There were huge plumes of smoke and fire across the whole city. Gunshots, sirens, screams, explosions and pockets of that thick black gas drifting low to the ground. What is this, Tom? Judgement day? Gina asked me. I don't know. She was holding her iPhone and a packet of smokes in her other hand. Can I? I asked. Thought you didn't smoke. I meant the phone. Oh. They're not working, she replied. Fuck. My family's out there, Gina. I've gotta try and find them. Charm and sub-costo. Although this story is set in a real city, business names and certain architectural details have been fabricated to avoid comparison with any actual properties. For more information, please visit tailcharm.com forward slash terror for me. Copyright Jasper St. Auburn West, 2020. All rights reserved.